Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. I am Jillian Barry, and today we have an amazing guest in store for you guys. We have Shane Sterling from Raw Vegan Rising. He is a five-year raw vegan. He is 49 years old, right, Shane? 49? 49. And yes, he looks indeed. incredible. And that is uh largely in part to the blah blah blah. That is largely in part to the raw vegan diet. So we have a great video. We are going to do a Q&A for you guys. We have all of your questions right in front of us, and they are great. Each question is just as good as the next. So you guys are going to want to stick around to the end. And let's get right into it. How's it going, Shane? Hi, Jillian. Thanks so much for having me on. I always love talking to you and serving your audience, answering questions, helping people understand how raw food will help them feel better. Bottom line, eat raw food, feel better. <laughs> feel so much better. That's so true. And yeah, and we love better. having you. And look better. Yeah. And look better. People always like to look better too. So yeah, take some years off, you know, look younger, feel younger. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. So I'm wondering for my audience, for anybody who doesn't know you or doesn't know your story, maybe before we get into the questions, could you just give a quick overview of how it was when you transitioned to raw and was it hard in the beginning? Did you experience detox and what benefits did you experience? I did experience detox. Yes, I went through two years of detox. It was a two-year transition from when I first started eating raw food to when I felt good consistently. I had skin inflammation, like seborrheic dermatitis was specifically what I had, which was one of the catalysts to start me on my raw vegan journey. And it took two years, fully raw, with a 40-day juice fast in there to get rid of the seborrheic dermatitis. So we think we're gonna eat raw food for a month and feel better and solve all our health problems when really we have to invest in quite a lot of time. Uh, I think a couple years is like where the threshold starts to tip and we go into the plateau of feeling good consistently. The other though, the other reason I went raw was like for my destiny, for my purpose, for my soul because eating raw food is a spiritual journey, you know, it's like connecting our higher mind and our soul and, you know, together so we can feel like we have a purpose and a meaning and a connection in our life. And raw food gives us that more than anything else. And we know that raw food is natural. We know we should be eating more raw food. We know we should be healthier. And yet we don't, we struggle and we are caught up in our addictions and we're caught up in this low self-worth story. So for me, going raw vegan was breaking free from low self-worth and saying, no, I am worthy. I'm worthy of loving myself at a high level and getting out of like the low vibrational addiction, addiction and low self-worth stories that I tell myself. So I really just said enough is enough. I'm going to heal my health problems. I'm going to take on the healing of my emotional self. And that's what I did. Took me two years to get over the, the hurdle. Now I've been raw for coming up on five years. And yeah, and you look it. amazing. You look Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Thanks Do you so think much. that you would look different right now if you didn't take this journey? Oh, yeah. Because if you go back and look at how I was before I started my raw journey, I look stressed out and tired. I had young children. I was running my business, which was a very successful clothing store, actually two clothing stores at the time. So I was always working. I was always stressed out. I was under a lot of pressure financially with a young family and everything. That combination of that plus poor diet and everything that I was doing. And I, I've been vegan for a lot of years of my life. But at that time, before I went raw, I was kind of at a low point with my diet, stressed out. And you can see it. If you go back and look at pictures and videos of me, even my first YouTube videos, you will not believe it. Wow. I, I look like a different person. Yeah, I'm wow. definitely lit up and connected and 
feeling good and vibrant and you can just see that difference and it's yeah. there and it's real. Yeah. You know, so it's like, we don't want to like lose the, the vision of who we really want to be. That's where people get lost. They lose the vision of who they want to be and they get enrolled in other people's visions of life and of who they should be like, Oh, work for me or, Oh, eat this junk food or, Oh, mm-hmm. enroll in this or that. But if we hold true to our own vision, we can kind of get out of those slumps. We can get out of the things that are holding us back. It's it's so important to not let our aim astray, you know, build our dreams and start now. Now's the time to start. It's never too late to feel better by eating raw food. Mm-hmm. You know, building your dream starts right now. And that's what I did. And here mm-hmm. I am. And I love it. And I have a lot of people that look up to me. My membership, Ravi Vegan Heroes, is 650 members right now. I'm on my way to a thousand. That's mm-hmm. my goal. And beyond a thousand is 10,000. Mm-hmm. So my vision is to help 10,000 people understand how eating raw food just simply makes them feel better mm-hmm. and gets them up out of lower vibrational stories about their life. And that's, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. It really does. It helps so much. It really, really is. So it's so life-changing most of the time, I feel like. And I'm wondering, so you experienced, so it was like two years before you were like feeling really, really good and you got through like detox. That's, yeah. a, lo- that's a long time, right? So Like, did you have some, were there some like times along the way there where you were like, maybe this isn't right? Like, were you experiencing bloating and like other symptoms as well? And like, then you just powered through and they stopped at one point? Yes. Yeah, Jillian, I believe it's mind over matter. I wanted to be raw vegan. I wanted to heal myself. I I really see myself thriving on a plant-based diet, a whole raw plant-based diet. And so I was committed to having that and achieving that in my life above all else. So really, I just powered through the bloating and the weight loss and the hair loss and the breakouts and the like cold sweats and the like anxiety and the depression. Detoxification is ugly and intense and it will push you to your edges and it will make you feel like you're going crazy and it will make you feel like you're going down the wrong path. It will make you feel like you're going to die. And the, the gift is walking through the thresholds of fear we become more connected with our body and the wisdom of our body and the wisdom of like the divine source energy of all life Mm -hmm. when we walk through the thresholds of fear. And so when we start a raw vegan diet, we're going to be up against every existential fear we've ever had. Mm -hmm. The fear of death, the fear of loss, the fear of abandonment, because we've suppressed these emotions with our You can't run too. You can't run from anything on this diet. You know, you're just like, you know what? I've been going through hard times. And for the first time ever in so long, even the other day, I was thinking, wow, maybe I'll just pick up a bottle of wine. And that's like, not like me. But then, then I realized like, you just, you don't run to anything on this diet, right? You're just there to face everything head on. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have to face it, but facing it and realizing that you didn't die and that you didn't destroy your health and that your teeth and hair didn't all fall out. And that now, you know, when you push through that threshold, you realize on the other side, that it was all a phantom. It wasn't real. The fears weren't real. And the only thing that's real is whole, raw, natural foods, just as it comes from mother nature, right off the trees, right out of the dirt. That's all we need. Mm -hmm. All the nutrients known to mankind comes from the soil, from plants, from the sun, from bacteria. It doesn't come from animals. It doesn't come from anything other than just mother nature's sources, plants and the dirt and the Mm -hmm. sun. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's what really you know, connects us and fuels us and makes us feel our absolute best. I wanted that so bad. 
to have that, I knew it was possible. So I stuck through my detox, regardless of how scary it was, regardless of how bad I felt. And I just did it. And I continue to, and I build my body. I keep my muscle mass up. I work out at the gym. I eat good. I eat a a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to let myself deteriorate in any way, shape or form. It's not an option. It's all mind over matter. Yeah. And I think it's important to eat a lot. I eat a lot too. And I think that's why it works. I eat a lot of calories and you look really good. I like how you look so fit. Um, I'm wondering, so I just want to ask a couple of my questions and then I'll get into viewers questions. So what do you say to somebody who says, like, I know there's a lot of people out there who say this is a dangerous diet. I feel like there's not enough said about how this diet has saved so many people's lives too. And I think in certain cases, if you're missing certain nutrients or things like that, maybe it can be dangerous, but in many cases, if you're doing it properly, it can save your life, right? It can totally transform your life. Um, so what do you have to say about that, Shane? I'd be really interested to hear. Such a good question because people always say it's dangerous to eat raw food. How could it be dangerous? First of all, every single species on the planet eats raw food only. Humans are the only one that denature the food. Denatured by definition means to change molecularly. So we're altering the food on a molecular on a molecular level and we are losing the key components, the oxygen, the hormones, the enzymes, the phytochemicals, the phytonutrients. Mm-hmm. All of those volatile minerals and and gases are lost in cooking. We don't even know what is lost when we denature food. And any nutrient, any single one nutrient that becomes slightly more bioavailable from cooking food is irrelevant to what is lost. So first of all, denaturing food is not a good idea because we're denaturing the proteins and denaturing Mm -hmm. the fiber, which creates inflammation in the body on a subtle level. Those foreign proteins create inflammation. So we're struggling with these proteins, even steamed carrots. There's a form of protein that's that's molecularly changed that then alters our body. So right there, if we just look to nature, we can see that denaturing the food is probably not optimal and Mm -hmm. no other animal on planet earth does that. Mm -hmm. Now, besides that, we need to focus on a wide variety of nutrient dense foods. And we need to focus on superfoods and herbs and simple carbohydrates from fruits and proteins and raw fats. De- um, heated oils we know are highly oxidized and create a lot of free radicals in the body. So I always tell people as a coach, as a raw vegan coach, if you just cut out cooked oils, you're like 90% of the way there to a raw vegan diet. Cut out animal products, cut out cooked oils, and you're pretty much there. So there's nothing dangerous about cutting out oxidized, heated, and cooked oils. There's Mm -hmm. nothing dangerous about that. Mm -hmm. And any nutrient that is in animal products originates in the soil, in plants, in bacteria, or in the sun. There's not one single nutrient known to mankind that originates in animal products. And when we eat animal products, we become dependent on them because they're so um, like dense. They're so dense. It creates biofilm. It creates waste in the GI tract. It doesn't digest. There's no water. There's no fiber. There's no enzymes. And there's no phytochemicals in those foods. So it sits in our digestive system for weeks, creates sludge, creates slime, creates biofilm. It inhibits absorption. Then we become anemic and we think I have to eat more, more, more when we become anemic because we can't absorb what we're already eating. Mm -hmm, If mm -hmm. we clean out the digestive system with fruits and raw fiber and fruits and vegetables and juices, 
then we can clean those biofilms and reduce the inflammation, reduce the mucus, absorb better. And then we can get the iron we need, for instance, if we're talking about anemia from sprouts and mm -hmm. from superfoods, like mm -hmm. um, for instance, uh, lentils are high in iron. Cacao is high, really super high in iron. And I feel like a lot of people are low in iron. I come across a lot of friends and stuff who are like, oh, I got my blood work done. I'm super low in iron. It seems like a really common thing. No matter what it's, diet people are on, you know what I mean? That's right. And it's absorption. So if we're talking about being nutrient deficient, we have to address absorption because before we can even talk about what we're deficient in. Before we talk about supplements, we have to talk about absorption. How is your digestive system absorbing the food you're eating? And if you're eating animal products and cooked grains and cooked oils, it's filled with sludge and waste and overgrowth of bacteria and uh, biofilms that are inhibiting your absorption. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of the scope of why a raw food diet can't possibly be dangerous in any respect. But we do want to focus on, as vegans, for instance, we do want to focus on omega-3 rich sources of raw fats. And that includes high amounts of proteins in those foods, like hemp seeds, for instance, very high in omega-3s, very high in protein. Flax seeds, very high in omega-3s, very high in protein. Mm -hmm. So as vegans, we can focus on a high omega-3 sources of raw fats, and we automatically get those proteins. That's how I maintain a strong physique, a good muscle mass for my height and weight and age mm -hmm. and look my best and feel my best. I focus on omega-3 rich sources of raw fats and proteins. I eat a lot of greens. I eat a lot of uh, superfoods like spirulina and chlorella and maca root and ashwagandha and mm -hmm. like adaptogenic herbs and parsley and cilantro, detoxifying mm -hmm. herbs, ginger and turmeric. And lemon, you know, things that keep the sounds like a song. Food. It sounds like a song you're spending here in ginger. You know what makes my body resonate like a song? I'll tell you that. <laughs> it does. Well, yeah, I'm wondering so, too, do you feel like sorry to cut you off? Do you feel like the raw vegan diet is right for everyone? Or do you think that maybe mm -hmm. different diets are right for other people? Like you see some people that are like, Well, I healed on carnivore. Like, do you think everyone is meant to eat a raw vegan diet or no? We can just take a look at the simple biology of the human body or any body, <clears throat> any mammal for that, for that matter, is really just cells and blood and lymphatic fluid. So the blood brings the nutrient to the cell. The cell metabolizes the nutrition into energy. The cell excretes waste. The lymphatic system removes the waste out of the body into the bowels. If we just look at the way that our body works, we can see that optimizing nutrition into the cell requires raw food because the enzymes in raw food transport electrons into the cell and that's how the electrons get into the cell. So we're literally bringing electrical energy, light energy, photon particle energy into the cell with, with enzymes. If we're eating mm -hmm. a carnivore diet, there's no enzymes and there's no electrons. It's all denatured out. Mm -hmm. So unless you're eating raw meat and maybe we might be a little closer, but there's still no fiber and there's still no water. And it's, it's, um, you know, not even close to the level of nutrient density that we would get from plants. So if we're eating a nutrient dense plant-based diet, all raw, it's going to bring the most nutrition to the cell. We can just see that. And then it also supports the elimination system, raw foods, Mm -hmm. A lot of fiber and water and enzymes support the elimination of waste, and it also reduces waste buildup. Now, if we look at that yeah. equation, we can say that that would indicate that a raw plant-based diet would be optimal for every human's body. 
because our bodies are all the same. What is different and where the confusion comes in is that we are all different ages. We all live in different geographic locations. We all have different degenerative conditions that mm-hmm. come from our genetics, from a, a lifestyle that doesn't work for us, from eating the wrong foods. And so we all have, you know, maybe weak kidneys or maybe skin inflammation or maybe weak digestive systems. We have, you know, poor hydrochloric acid in the stomach. So we have acid reflux or we have leaky gut or irritable mm-hmm. bowel. These are all different symptoms of the same problem, which is that we're eating the wrong food. We're eating Mm -hmm. denatured food. Mm -hmm. If we eat raw food, it will support the entire system of our biology. So to answer the question, every single human should be eating a raw plant-based diet without question. Mm -hmm. There's not one single circumstance where we should cater to our weakness. Oh, let me eat cooked food because I'm weak. That will make me weaker. Instead of strengthening our digestive system, let me continue to keep it weak and atrophied. That doesn't make any sense. We should work into our weakness. If we have a degenerative condition or a genetic weakness, we should work into it Mm -hmm. to strengthen it. And if we build that strength up, we will be able to utilize and enjoy a raw vegan diet. Mm -hmm. And like, like, you know what? It just doesn't work for me. I've tried cooked food over the years. Like I had a cooked vegan soup and I think like 18 months ago, I haven't had cooked food in so long. I had a sweet potato just made me feel so tired. And so like, it just really affects me. So I think if it didn't affect me, then yeah, maybe I I can see why some people have it if they still feel just as good. But I think for most people, if they can see how good it feels to be raw, and then after a while they have the cooked food, they notice the difference. But but I don't know. I'm all about everyone doing what they want to do. And I want to know too, I'm just curious, before I went raw, I was like trying all these different, I had a lot of health problems and I was trying all kinds of different diets, right? So I did try the blood type O diet, which is a heavy meat diet. So my friends would come over for dinner and I'd be like, here's a big plate of prime rib. Like this is this is my new diet. <laughs> it would just be meat. <laughs> and I didn't heal. I didn't feel great. So did have you ever tried a high meat diet? I'm curious. Yes. Yes. I did try a high meat diet when, um, it was actually a few years before I went raw. I was trying a high meat diet because I was wanting to put muscle on my body. I wanted to build muscle mass. So I was focused on the standard, um, sports science diet that they recommend, which is one gram of protein per pound of body weight from lean sources of animal-based proteins like fish and chicken and turkey and beef and all that. So I was doing that and I was eating up to 250 grams of protein a day from animal-based sources. Well, it destroyed my health. It it made me highly acidic. And I know that because I I developed chronic skin inflammation, which was Mm -hmm. diagnosed as seborrheic dermatitis, which is literally just acidosis coming through the skin. I was also getting tendonitis in my elbows and in my shoulders consistently because I was working out and Mm -hmm. the working out would irritate my joints. And so I was getting horrible tendonitis. I was in pain. I was inflamed. I was uh, struggling with my health Mm -hmm. because I was eating this high animal based diet. So because I had been vegan for many years, though, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew I needed to go back to a plant-based diet and actually reverse my health issues with raw food. So that's what I did. It was one of the catalysts to bring me to really be raw fully and to just do the final step of going fully raw, which I had wanted to do, but had hesitated because I was like, who goes fully raw, like monks living on a mountaintop? Who in the world <laughs> would even be all raw? It didn't really seem like it would fit into modern society. But 
what I've found is that it doesn't matter if we fit into modern society. What matters is how we feel mm -hmm. within ourselves and our connection to source and the divine. And if we're going to embark on our spiritual awakening, awakening journey, we want to eat raw foods to help us feel more connected, feel like the best version of ourselves, seeing clearly. And really, the honestly, the yes, we can eat cooked food. Yes, we can eat animal products. Yes, we can do all that. But the simple truth and maybe my favorite part of a raw vegan diet is just that extra clarity that you get. The extra clarity feels amazing mm -hmm. and it's just not achievable any other way. It's like this mm -hmm. sparkly clarity that just gives a tinge of white light to everything you experience. Mm -hmm. And that makes us, it makes me feel like I'm really on my spiritual path and it makes me feel good that I'm not harming animals. And it makes me feel good that I'm not denaturing the food I put in my body makes me feel self-love. It gives me a discipline. It gives me a practice. So it's worth it on mm -hmm. all those levels. And well, yeah. uh, meat-based diets can't give you that. They just can't. And over time, meat-based diets are going to create an acid buildup in the body. That's the bottom mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. And this diet, I mean, this lifestyle is clearly working for you. It works great for me too. It's clearly working for you. Yeah, um, so you. how about we get into the viewers' questions? So yeah, let's viewers, do it. They're the best people ever. So Vincent asks, Shane, other than doing a juice fast, which I know you are a specialty, which is your specialty and main focus. Are there other ways to start a raw vegan journey that you would recommend? Well, if we're coming from a standard cooked food diet, a normal diet, whether it's a standard American diet of junk food and animal products, or even a high whole food plant-based diet, with a large amount of raw food, we're still going to have a condition in the digestive system that might not be optimal to utilize raw food fully. The reason is, is because the bowel transit time of raw food is very fast. We wanna maximize bowel transit time. So we've gotta clean out the digestive system first to make sure that those raw foods are moving through because what happens if those raw foods sit in your digestive system, they might ferment. And we want things to move through as quickly as possible. So I don't mm. personally advocate just starting a raw vegan diet. Why not clean out the digestive system first with a juice fast? The most optimal way to clean out the digestive system is with a juice fast. A juice fast for the sole purpose of emptying the waste out of the digestive system. That's really the only reason to even do a juice fast, in my opinion. Otherwise, we can just eat raw food. If we start on a raw vegan diet and we get detox symptoms and we're not feeling so good, then the next step is doing a juice fast. And most people are going to find that they struggle with just starting a raw vegan diet. Just eating more raw foods mm -hmm. will reveal weaknesses in our digestive system, reveal weaknesses in our toxicity levels, reveal weaknesses in our lymphatic system. So we have to address that first in most circumstances. So I personally just support people with the transition with a juice fast. That's what my Raw Vegan Heroes membership is for. There's probably like a hundred people juice fasting in there right now. So wow. it's like, it's an incredible environment for juice fasting. Mm -hmm. And people who don't use a juice fast first or don't go that path will eventually end up there anyway at some point. So why not just get to the root of the issue and start your raw vegan journey with a juice fast? That's what I recommend. 
Mm-hmm. And okay. So Tasha says, I have a question for Shane about fasting. Many people have claimed to experience bad bloating and or excessive weight gain that they aren't able to get rid of after an extended juice fast. Can you explain why this happens and how it can be avoided? I've helped hundreds of people through juice fasting, both personally and through witnessing people's journey in my membership, which currently has 650 members and maybe a hundred of them, maybe more are juice fasting right now, just currently right now, let alone who I've seen and witnessed over the years. I've never once ever experienced someone who gains body fat Mm -hmm. on a juice fast. It's not possible. You might gain water weight. You might have water retention because water is part of the detoxification process and our body will retain water to help clean the interstitial fluids in the lymphatic system. Everything runs on water. So if our body's retaining water, say five to 10 pounds of water, that will most certainly go away at some point, especially as we detoxify, the body doesn't need to hold on to water. Look at long-term raw vegans. I mean, I'm certainly not holding on to water. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you if you're doing a juice fast properly, it's not possible to gain body fat. So gaining weight that won't go away after a juice fast doesn't exist. I don't know where you've heard that or where that would come from, but it's just not something I've ever experienced. Yeah. And I think the bloating, um, I mean, I know for me, if I transition to a fruit cleanse or a juice fast, many times I might be bloated in the beginning, like for the first few days. And I think people need to not be discouraged when that happens. Right. Cause many times after like three or five days, then your stomach, the bloating goes way down and your stomach feels better than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, Jillian. Detoxification is kind of a intense journey. It can be ugly. It can be intense. It can be hard. It can push us to our limits and it can bring us right up against the thresholds of our fears. So our fear might be that we're going to gain weight. Our fear might be that we won't ever, um, that it isn't, it isn't the right path or that it's not healthy or that we're going to destroy our health with uh, a juice fast. All of these things are just fears. Mm-hmm. So that's why coaching works because if you have a coach who's really experienced with juice fasting, they you can walk right up to the edge of your fear and the coach will say, it's okay. It's not a real fear. Step off the edge of the cliff, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a phantom in your mind. This is where coaching actually really helps people get the results. And I see the difference between people who start juice fasts by themselves and do a DIY mm-hmm. and people who get guidance from me personally as like a private client of mine. Mm-hmm. The n- difference is night and day. My yeah. private clients always get the results, always go the distance, always have an incredible experience because when we come up against those stopping points where we're going to say, oh, this must be dangerous, this must be the wrong path forward, that's where we need to keep going. Mm-hmm. And if we walk through those thresholds of fear, we will get the benefits of clarity of mind, connection with our mind, body, spirit, and a deep trust of the universe and the perfection of the universe and the perfection of raw foods for our body. There's mm-hmm. no other way to get it. You mm-hmm. got to walk through the thresholds of fear. Mm-hmm. And I want to say too, I feel like you're perfect for a coach for that stuff. So I'll link your info below. I feel like you're just so oh, well-spoken and it helps so many people when they're in those hard times or trying to get through those cleanses. Absolutely. Yeah. People need support. We're not designed to do it alone. And the people who think, oh, I, I don't need help. I'm, you know, the lone wolf syndrome, I call yeah. it. Those are the people that often are the ones that struggle, revert back, talk smack, say it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's the lone wolf types. We've got to be coachable. We've got to release 
our ability to always be in control to get breakthroughs sometimes. Like sometimes we have to be a student of life mm-hmm. and let the universe educate us. Let someone who's more experienced help educate us. Let that process happen. That's what I do. That's why I am a coach is because I've been coachable in my life and I've surrendered and learned and been a student of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I just thought of something I want to ask you. That's a question for me. So I'm wondering if someone is currently experiencing life from a heavy, a heavy fear state, you know, they're making their decisions, living things out of fear. Like I've kind of been trapped in that a little bit lately. How do you think they can transmute that and turn it around into um, a love, you know, living from a place of love rather than fear in their everyday life? Oh, it's such a good question. Such a good question. Get my money's worth here. Get my money's worth here with you. (laughs) Yeah. We all come up against times in our life where we're in survival mode, grief, loss, fear. Um, things become stressful. We lose our way. We lose our vision of what we really want our life to be. The way we realign that is like, it's twofold. One, we have to get connected to what we really want, what we really feel we are worthy of and desire. We have to be connected. If we're not connected to our vision, what are we doing? We're letting the circumstances of life dictate the path for us. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, let me just let this happen to me whatever I get is good enough. I'll take the hand I'm dealt that kind of an attitude. That's not going to help us. That's like just floundering in our pain and our, and our chaos and our fear hooking into a vision of who we really are and being enrolled in who we want to become. That's the pathway out. The other side of that though, is that we have to have a deep sense of trust in the universe. Mm -hmm. We have to trust that everything is happening for us and that the worst case scenario is somehow a gift with a silver lining that something that could seem like the worst possible uh, event is happening to us. This can't possibly be for my benefit on a deep level. It is, it's exactly what we want. It's exactly who we're supposed to be, you know, and if we just believe that we are magic, you know, nothing can Mm -hmm. stand in our way and we just, um, hold on to that vision, you know, and the destiny will arrive through the vision. And we have to sometimes hold steadfast and trust and go through hard days, but it will bring all of our dreams alive if we hold that vision and trust and give it time to unfold. That's what's going to happen. Your dreams will come alive. And a raw food diet is a daily practice and a daily discipline that can help us relax into the process of trusting. And I've talked about trusting a lot, trusting the thresholds of fear, trusting the, the, uh, that walking through our worst fears makes us realize that it was never real in the first place. And we get that trust. That's how we develop mm-hmm. trust. We don't develop trust. A lot of my private clients who I work with think that trust comes from learning how to listen to your body. Oh, my body's giving me feedback that, uh, I shouldn't drink the, the green juice because it makes me feel sick. That's not how we get trust. We get trust by facing the fear, walking through it and realizing we didn't die. That's how we get trust. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And the same goes for being in fear in our life and being overwhelmed is that if we just surrender to the perfection and know that the universe is conspiring on our behalf and that the universe is smiling upon us at all times, 
it just leads us. It leads us down the path of who we are supposed to be. And before we know it, destiny will unfold. You know, the next romance of life is right around the corner, whether that's our, our business or love relationships or whatever it is, you know, it's just around the corner. If we just surrender and trust, mm-hmm. it's what I do. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're good at it. Okay. So the next question is from, uh, E more. So E more asks for Shane, what's your best practice of washing vegetables, whether they're organic or not and best protection from parasites. That's a good question. Um, when you're on a juice fast, all the beautiful structured water nourishing the body, what about the eggs and bugs that try to enter your gut tips, recommend recommendations and best policy. Do you use debugging regimen? It's a really interesting question, and I get this so much. So I make videos on TikTok, and TikTok, of course, is just a big, broad algorithm. And so a lot of people who know nothing about a raw food diet or even a vegan diet at all see my videos, and I get so many comments about parasites, that Hmm. you get parasites from raw food. And one of the reasons we cook food in the first place is Mm -hmm. to kill the parasites. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm going to just say this might seem crazy to some people. I do not wash my produce. I never do. Me too, Shane. Me too. <laughs> I just don't admit it. Cause I just, you know, <laughs> but I, don't I don't admit I don't... it because it seems crazy, but it, this is an honest question. I'm going to give an honest answer. I don't wash my produce. Of course I buy organic as much as possible, but sometimes I don't even buy organic and I still don't wash it. I believe that produce raw f- fruits and vegetables, raw nuts and seeds are assisting the body's elimination process at such a high level that we're not going to retain and accumulate waste like we would if we were eating slow digesting cooked food diets or meat-based diets with high acid residues, high ash residues. Mm -hmm. The reason the pesticides accumulate in the body is because the elimination system is poor and slow. Also raw food diet just helps detox the body, helps pull the accumulation of heavy metals and other things out of the body. So really the best strategy against accumulated waste and toxins is to eat raw food. Mm -hmm. And look, if somebody's really concerned about the accumulation of pesticides, for instance, just you can wash your produce. I happen Mm -hmm. to not, but you can and use baking soda, baking soda and a little apple cider vinegar actually combination is a good Mm -hmm. wash for your produce. But bugs, worms, eggs do not make it past stomach acid. There's no way that a living organism is going to make it past that stomach acid. It just pretty much won't happen. I guess there are circumstances where it could possibly happen, but it, it, it really won't. And let's be honest, the only real threat in any agricultural setting is animal products, animal waste, putting manure on the crops. You know, it's animals that are the problem. Mm-hmm. Animal meat holds but parasites. I mean, you can go into the meat section mm-hmm. of the grocery store and see worms crawling around in the packages. Mm-hmm. If you just look closely, you'll see the worms. They're cl- mm-hmm. crawling around in there. So the meat is a problem. The, the waste, the animal waste is a problem. That's the only problem. Growing organic food with organic compost would never create parasites or bugs or any of that. It's all just from animals anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and have you ever done a parasite cleanse or no? Um, I haven't focused on parasite cleansing specifically myself. Mm-hmm. I focus on whole body bowel detoxification, cleansing specifically. I believe that like the terrain of the body is what's going to attract parasites. 
if we're talking about some like dengue fever or something like we go into the jungle and we happen to get some worm that crawls in our skin, that's different. But just in general, parasites are going to be attracted to a terrain in our body, the condition of our body that's going to allow them to maintain. So when we take on a raw food diet, the amount of fiber that's running through the digestive system, we're not going to be able to have worms in our digestive system and eat a raw vegan diet at the same time. So a raw vegan diet is anti-parasitic. Mm-hmm. All of the herbs and fruits are anti-parasitic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the superfoods, ginger and turmeric are anti-parasitic. Cilantro mm-hmm. is anti-parasitic. So make green juices, eat fruits and vegetables, eat nutrient-dense foods. And I don't believe that parasites are going to be a problem. It's mm-hmm. based on my experience and what I've learned. And as a truth seeker, I, I study these things and this is my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have a good video on that too, for anti-parasitic foods. And I'll link that down below garlic too. I feel like raw garlic. I felt like I did a parasite cleanse a few years ago and I got rid of so many parasites and I feel like raw garlic is just what they despise the most. That was just from my experience, but that's really true. Jillian. Yeah. I had strep throat once years ago before I was raw vegan And a friend of mine said, try sucking on raw garlic. And I thought, that's silly. That'll never work. Strep throat is a serious infection. And it's it's not something that um, I had taken. I had had it twice. And the first time I took antibiotics and messed up my gut for years, right? So I thought, all right, well, maybe I'll try the raw garlic. So I sucked on raw garlic cloves for a Mm -hmm. few days and the strep throat went away. Wow. I experienced that. That's pretty mind blowing that raw garlic could take away a strep infection. Yeah. I think it's pretty powerful if there's like something like that to deal with. I think it can be really useful with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Next question. So Caitlin Rose, nice name. She says, how would you recommend reintroducing nightshades back into a raw vegan diet for someone who gets inflammation and muscle aches from consuming them every few months on a trial? I truly believe on a raw vegan diet, I should be able to consume them in all fruits and vegetables with my meal. I've not tried juicing nightshades. However, would you recommend that I start there? Thanks, Shane. Nightshades. Well, what are the nightshades? Eggplant and potatoes or like something like tomatoes. I think uh, tomatoes Mm -hmm. would be such a high water content, non-sweet fruit that we probably would be able to eat that in any quantity we want. If we're talking about potatoes, for instance, I don't think there's a need to eat potatoes on a raw vegan diet. You could do some shredded sweet potato in your salad or something, but um, eggplants and cruciferous vegetables and nightshades tend to just not be as enjoyable raw or digestible raw. They create digestive problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the toxicity from nightshades is an issue, but just the nature of the food is an Mm -hmm. issue. So why would we focus on foods like that? What really supports the highest well-being in our body is fruits and simple, tender greens, not hard to digest greens like kale at all. You know, people make fun of kale. I agree. Kale is terrible. It's a cruciferous vegetable. It's hard to digest. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't eat it. I might juice it. I like it. it. You don't eat it? You don't like it? I don't eat kale myself. Not raw. I mean, I'll juice it, you know. But even then, I I juice it in in minimal amounts because I just find that it's, I don't know, those cruciferous vegetables just don't seem to agree with me personally. And I don't see a a place in them in a raw vegan diet so much. They are foods that are hybridized over time to be cooked. And so Mm -hmm. if we're not eating cooked food, we want to focus on foods that are very easy to digest. Mm -hmm. That creates the best 
health in the body anyway. So focusing on simple carbohydrates and fruits and non-sweet fruits like tomatoes and avocados and zucchini and cucumber, that would be a better strategy in my opinion. And also nutrient density. Like people forget about superfoods. Superfoods are incredible. I eat adaptogenic herbs every day, mushrooms like the reishi and the cordyceps and the chaga and the lion's mane. I have mushrooms every single day, multiple times a day. I have adaptogenic herbs like ginseng and ashwagandha, ashwagandha and maca root. I have cacao, super nutrient dense, raw cacao. These every day? Of- you have cacao every day or no? I do. Yeah. Wow. I, can, I can't handle cacao. cacao. When I have cacao personally... I get on this high and then like, I feel so depressed for the next two days when I come off it. You don't deal with that when you're on it, when you have it. I don't, I know what you're talking about though. I made a video on YouTube about my journey with cacao years ago. And it was in my first two years where I was struggling with cacao, but I have found that over time it supports me and my body and my health at the highest level. It's so high in flavonoids and iron and, it's so nutrient dense that I just, I think there's a reason why it's considered a superfood around the world. It's highly prized in many indigenous cultures. And I just have found my personal journey with cacao to be one that is very, very positive. Well, that's good. If it can work for you, I wish it worked for me. I love it. It's taken me time though, but that's just one. I mean, then we have spirulina, we have chlorella, we have the grasses, the juiced grasses, powders. We have, um, vitamin, vitamin, uh, dense mineral powders in the green form. We have mineral supplements, humic and fulvic minerals and shilajit trace minerals. I mean, these are the types of things that actually create the most vitality in the body. So focusing on nightshades or cruciferous vegetables makes no sense to me because there's this plethora of high nutrient dense foods and we want less food and have more from it. If we can have more nutrients from eating less, why wouldn't we do that? Mm-hmm. That's what I think the goal is. Let's like really focus on nutrient density and we're going to get the most out of it. Seaweeds also, seaweeds are fantastic. Um, hemp seeds, so nutrient dense. Um, you know, and even like some condiments like nutritional yeast, we can add mm-hmm. into our sauces and seasonings, which is of course high in proteins and uh, fortified with B12 and all these yeah. things. So this is the focus, you know, this is the focus rather than cruciferous vegetables. It might be good point. And so I'm wondering, what are you currently eating in a day? Like what, what has been on your menu today? Um, I love berries. I prioritize berries. Um, yeah, that's good. They're high in antioxidants, high in antioxidants. I prioritize them. If I find some good berries and they're in season and they're delicious, I always try them secretly in the store to see if they're good. If I, I'll buy a lot. I will buy six to 12 containers of berries at the store. So I love berries. I always start my day with a smoothie. My smoothies include bananas and dates. I mm-hmm. get large bulk boxes of dates. I always have probably three to six dates a day minimum. And I have bananas and dates and superfoods in my smoothie. Like I was saying, all the mushrooms, all the adaptogenic herbs, I make highly nutrient dense smoothies that takes me for hours. Then I'll have fruit. I'll have berries for lunch. I'll snack on berries. Then I'll have nutrient dense salads with uh, greens, tender greens, you know, spring mix or some sort of very easy to digest green mixed with hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, 
I'll add nutritional yeast. Um, sometimes I've been lately, I've been adding hemp oil for extra omega threes. I do not do olive oil. I do not do any refined oils except mm-hmm. possibly a little hemp seed oil for extra omega threes. And I'll do salad wraps in nori sheets and I'll double those nori sheets up or triple them up and uh, top it with maybe a sprinkle of nutritional yeast, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know, so super nutrient dense. I'm getting mm-hmm. iodine. I'm getting B12. I'm getting extreme amounts of protein. I'm getting high uh, amounts of minerals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the focus for me. I'm always looking for mineral density too. And I supplement with minerals. I take uh, the humic and fulvic minerals. I take mineral drops, trace minerals. I take shilajit. I'm always looking for mineral density. I think, mm-hmm. and like, that's, that's the secret. So anyway, that's like a, a day of eating for me right there. It seems so simple, a smoothie, fruit, and a salad. Wow. Like and, just one smoothie, like one large smoothie. Yeah. One large smoothie. I probably fruit. eat more than you then one smoothie, fruit, salad. Well, that's good. Well, you look good. Yeah. I try not to over eat volume. I'm mm-hmm. looking for the least amount of volume and the highest amount of nutrition. That's what mm-hmm. I'm always focused on. So how can I eat less? My question in my mind always is how can I eat less and get more? And you absorb well because you got out all that mucoid plaque, I feel like, and you're clean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you so know what? Absorbing really good. It makes a I would, huge difference. Sorry. I would love to see you do a What I Eat in a Day video. Okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. So next question. Sonia says, Shane, would juice feasting help with thread veins, not varicose? Also, what are your thoughts on water fasting? Oh, I'm interested to hear that. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about water fasting unless I've. I do talk about water fasting. Well, I think the thread veins and varicose veins alike, all of those things are mac- are very much reduced from a raw vegan diet. There's no strain in the body. Your circulatory system is operating at peak performance. It removes the plaques and the biofilms out of the, the blood system, the circulatory system. Mm-hmm. Will, will reduce cholesterol if there's any straining um, it just maximizes the circulatory system in every way. So I think it'll reduce uh, micro veins and spider veins and unsightly veins. Um, everybody's going to be different. It depends on how long and how bad it is that you've had them and what your health conditions are. Like if you're overweight, if you have these veins and there's a problem, I mean, it could take years for this to reverse. But if you're consistent, on a raw vegan diet, it will reverse and it will make you feel and look your best. That's just the bottom line. Raw food is going to make you look and feel your best over time. Maybe not mm-hmm. in the first year, maybe in the first year, your hair falls out and your teeth become sensitive and you lose weight and you've got bags under your eyes. And most people will say raw food is making you sick, but it actually, maybe it's going to take you two or three years to get over the hurdle. And then all of a sudden your absorption is maximized. You're glowing, all your weight Mm -hmm. comes back, your eyes become bright and clear. You feel amazing. I mean, that's what we're after. And that's going to take care of the skin issues. Okay. Water fasting Mm -hmm. is for autophagy. We know this. This is what all the top scientists say on water fasting is for autophagy, which is recycling proteins in the body and dead cells, damaged cells. So if you have a reason for your body to recycle damaged cells, then water fasting can be beneficial. But 
whoa, is water fasting hard? We're not utilizing any calories on water. So our body turns to our fat stores for energy, which is called ketosis. Mm -hmm. So our body has to switch from burning glycogen stored in the muscle tissue and in the liver to burning fat. Okay, so that is a huge process. That takes six days alone mm -hmm. to just get into ketosis. If we're going to do a six-day water fast, it's absolutely pointless. You're literally just creating stress for your body. If you go six days and you're in full ketosis and your body is doing autophagy, then you have to ask, okay, well, what is the goal of that? If you're trying to overcome a health problem, you have to be smart about what your health problem is. And if autophagy will help your health problem. Mm -hmm. Most people, 99% of people want to do juice fasting, which is flooding your body with calories, minerals, hydration, simple carbohydrates, our body's preferred fuel source of simple carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And that will help the body eliminate toxins, eliminate waste, eliminate acids. If we can clean out the digestive system, we're going to really um, kickstart our elimination system and our uh and our lymphatic system. That's what most people need. Mm -hmm. Water fasting is not good for that. Water fasting mm -hmm. doesn't remove mucoid plaque. It doesn't remove waste out of the bowels, which is often where people get confused. So mm -hmm. I recommend juice fasting and detoxification way before water fasting. I think most mm -hmm. people should do a juice fast, clean out the gut, stay raw vegan, allow the natural detoxification process of the body to unfold, reduce your inflammation, reduce your acidosis symptoms, and then two, three, four, five years down the road of being raw, high raw, then you could experiment with water fasting and autophagy and ketosis. But mm -hmm. autophagy and ketosis isn't what most people need. So that's what I believe on water fasting. Of course, there's a benefit to it, but most people misunderstand what the goal is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm just wondering, I had a question pop into my head. I'm wondering, have you ever, do you ever count calories or do you know how many roughly you consume in a day? I know people always ask me that. Yeah. Well, so if I'm going to create, if I'm going to build muscle, for instance, you know, I have pretty good muscle mass, you know, yeah, you really body. do. Mm -hmm. if I'm going to build muscle, my body will not build muscle unless I'm in a calorie surplus. Okay. So we have to understand how much energy we're expended, expending in a day. I use a calculator called TDEE, which is total daily energy expenditure. You can just Google it and come up with a calculation of how much energy you're expending in a day. Then you have to know, okay, I'm going to be in a slight calorie surplus, maybe 100 or 200 calories over that to build muscle. You can mm -hmm. lift weights in the gym till you're blue in the face. You're never going to put muscle mass on your body unless you're in a calorie surplus. Mm -hmm. So for me to have muscle mass as a raw vegan means I absolutely do count my calories. And then because you're in a calorie surplus, you're going to put on body fat over time. And then you have to diet down that body fat. So even as a raw vegan, I will gain body fat and then I have to diet, so to speak, to reduce my calories, go into a calorie deficit to reduce the body fat. Mm -hmm. And what I'm left with is good muscle mass and being lean at the same time. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. lean and have good muscle mass. And I achieve that by counting my calories, both in a surplus and in a deficit, and tracking my macronutrient ratio very closely, which is a byproduct of tracking calories. Mm -hmm. You can see the, the ratio of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. And so I can get 
um, uh, an understanding of my fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, just like I would if I was eating a cooked food diet mm-hmm. or an animal product-based bodybuilding diet or fitness-based diet. We don't need animal products and we don't need cooked food, but we do need to track our macros and make sure we're getting a good balance. And we need to understand the benefits of calorie surplus or calorie deficit, depending on our goal. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I do absolutely track my calories. And most people might think that's inconvenient, but it depends on what results you want. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be vibrant? Do you want to eat raw food and thrive? You might have to learn how to track your calories for at least a period of time to achieve your goal. Mm -hmm. And do you consume protein powders or no? Sure. A little bit, not much, not much. Um, there's one protein powder that I have kind of grown to like over the years, which is the garden of life, raw vegan protein powder. I just happen to like that one. Some of the other ones create gas or bloating or are hard to digest. So I avoid most protein powders. I do not like protein powder. Um, and I really only have a small amount in my smoothie, maybe before I work out and I don't even have it all days. Mm-hmm. Some days I'll go without protein powders because I really just don't like them. Mm-hmm. I can get so much protein from a raw vegan diet, hemp seeds and greens and superfoods that I just focus on that instead. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Makes sense. Okay. So the next question comes from Aqua Sun. It says, what is the ideal duration of a juice fast for someone who has never done one before? What are the best fruits, vegetables to use in juices for best detox results? Okay. The question of how long do we go on a juice fast? It's a Mm -hmm. simple answer. There's one answer to that question. In my opinion, from my experience as a juice fasting coach, the answer is 40 days, as long as it takes to empty the GI tract of all the waste. Some people have chronic constipation their whole life. They're going to need to go 90 days. Some people maybe have been plant-based for many years and are already well detoxed and they only need to go 40 days. In general, my experience is that people need to go a minimum of 40 days to fully empty the GI tract. And that's following my specific protocol that I outline for the people I work with. And in my membership, I call it my bowel detoxification guide, which Mm -hmm. is what I've developed over the years of helping people, which is a specific um, quantity and recipes of juices that help Mm -hmm. this process. Number one being the lemon ginger blast a green juice recipe, which is cilantro, parsley, lemon, t- ginger, turmeric in a celery, cucumber, apple base. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a green juice. It is the granddaddy of all detoxifying juices. So we want to focus on that and it works in perfect synergy with our body to help eliminate toxins at the uh, highest level and make the juice fast efficient and make it quick because we don't want to hang out in juice fast land longer than necessary. Mm-hmm. The other uh, powerful juices are pineapple because pineapple is high in bromelain, which is a mm-hmm. proteolytic enzyme, which breaks down proteins. If we're going to get the waste out of the GI tract, which is the whole goal of juice fasting, the pineapple juice and the bromelain contained within it will help break down the, the waste and eliminate the waste. And we also, in my protocol, I recommend enzyme supplements. In addition, I also recommend using husk and bentonite clay to help sweep the GI tract during the process at specific times. So I've outlined exactly how to do this and helped so many people that if you follow my protocol that I outlined, you're almost guaranteed to have success in the least amount of time, make it efficient, make it effective. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I am after. Make it efficient and make it effective. And do you feel like if someone is doing a juice fast or a fast and they are like, oh, I feel, I feel like I don't have much energy. Don't you think they just need to drink more juice most of the time? That's the solution. 100% of the time. I have a private client right now, bless her soul, mm-hmm. who messages me every day saying how sick she feels and that she can't drink the juice. And I've only had a couple juices today. Well, that's why you feel sick. And so it's yeah. my job to say, okay, you drink the juice and you feel sick from detox. But if you back off of the juice, you're going to feel more sick. If you have more juice, you're fueling your body with energy and hydration, which both assist in the detoxification process. This is where it's a little bit of a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Juice fasting for the purpose of bowel detoxification requires that we lean into the juices, have more juice. If we feel sick, have more juice. It will eliminate the sickness as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And we can't be afraid of detox symptoms. It's such a, you know, in the big picture, if we just zoom out and look at the scope of our life, a little bit of detox for the be- for a lifelong benefit is the least we can do. And when we're in it, we're micro-focused on our problems. We're micro-focused on how bad we feel and we get so freaked out. Mm-hmm. But in the big picture, it's the best thing we could ever do. Go mm-hmm. through those detox symptoms, feel it and have more juice. Mm-hmm. So it helps our body move through it quicker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Okay. So Zoe Williams or Zoe Williams asks, Shane, have you taken landmark courses and who did you work with for shadow work? Uh, Teal Swan slash the completion process. I'm curious. I'm so curious about this because the way you speak seems to reflect these teachings, whoever your influence is. Wow. What a powerful combo leadership, communication, and coaching plus shadow work, diving deep and spiritual awareness, inner and outer win-win high from high from Houston. Hey, one, that's my favorite question so far, even though I love raw food and I love using raw food in combination with shadow work and leadership development, because it's Mm -hmm. a great combination. My favorite topic probably of all topics is shadow work and emotional transformation for personal leadership. That's what leadership is. Landmark, for those who don't know, is a, is a, is a, it's a series of psychological teachings that go back to the 1950s and 60s that help us move through personal blocks and um, trauma patterns that hold us back to help us into our leadership. High-level leadership is actually what we're all after, whether we realize it or not. If we have health problems, it's a lack of leadership. If we don't have the money we want, it's a lack of leadership. If we don't have the relationships we want, it's a lack of leadership. Leadership is simply being enrolled in who we are becoming. Mm -hmm. So committed to a vision of who we want to be and how we want to serve the world. Um, I even have the the list, the the tenets of leadership, commitment, responsibility, contribution, authenticity, connection, and enrollment. I literally have them written on my desk right here because I live by these every day. Wow. So I didn't do landmark. I did hardcore leadership training, which is, um, you could say it's kind of like related to Landmark or ALA, which is Ascension Leadership Academy. Those are two that are well known, Mm -hmm. but I did hardcore leadership, which is for entrepreneurs specifically, because I'm an entrepreneur and it's the same principles. And what it really is, is I don't want to minimize what it sounds like, because this is deep, dark, 
transformative stuff, but it's inner child work. It's inner child wounding trauma work and, and realizing that we are fragmented at some point in our life, our original wounding, our heartbreaks, the ways we've been fragmented in our life create these drama um, paths where we're constantly playing out these dramas, trying to heal the original wounding. And mm -hmm. we don't realize that everything we create in our life and experience in our life is literally just trying to heal original wounding. Mm -hmm. And if we can get back to the original wounding, then we can move past it into high level leadership. That's what leadership training is. That's what uh, ALA is. That's what um, Landmark is. Wow. I need to do that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody should do it. And yeah. so if you do that in combination with raw yeah. food detoxification, you become unstoppable. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I got to get, I got to get into shadow work. Okay. So Didi says, um, I've had MS for three years and have kept it under control with a whole food plant-based diet. But this past year I've started going through menopause, which makes my MS 10 times worse. I was considering a water or juice fast and was wondering what Shane thinks would be best. Also, has he ever worked successfully with someone who has this condition? That's a great question. Yes, I do work with people with MS. Absolutely. 100%. I have, um, I've, I have a client who has been requested to be in a wheelchair fitted for a wheelchair from MS really advanced stages of MS who I've helped with juice fasting by far juice fasting is the first step in the solution, not water fasting. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for autophagy here. We're looking for the elimination of inflammation and acids, which is the root cause of MS and the medical establishment will not tell you this because they don't understand it. They don't understand. None of us understand. This is like an esoteric science. This is a deep lost science and art how our body works. And so we're looking, you know, the medical establishment will lead you down the wrong path. That's why we're looking for detoxification specialists, people who understand food and diet and how that reverses inflammation. Without question, a juice fast is the first step in removing, uh, eliminating MS and reversing MS. I even have heard of a story of one person who was in a wheelchair from MS being able to get out of the wheelchair within one year, juice fasted for 360 days. Mm -hmm. Wow. And yeah. I had that. Yeah. She can't, is it uh, Sarah Erica you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was on my channel. I'll link the, the video below. Yeah. She's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So that shows that the reduce reducing the inflammation in the body is what will reduce the MS. So if anyone's struggling with MS for one, don't believe the diagnosis, don't believe that's, that's a limiting view on how the body works. You don't need mm -hmm. to be in a wheelchair. You don't need pills. You need to reduce the inflammation. Juice fasting is the first step. Mm -hmm. I know last year there was someone who commented on my channel and she said that a mostly raw foods diet reversed her MS. And she was so happy. She was like, for the first time in 31 years, I'm driving a car. And like, yeah, she said it totally reversed it for her. So yeah. And a cooked food, whole, whole food, plant-based diet that's cooked is still highly compromised. It's denatured. And like I was saying, denatured food is still inflammatory because it alters the chemical compounds. It alters the proteins. They're denatured proteins, which is inflammatory. That's the response mm -hmm. of denatured food is it creates inflammation. So cooked vegan foods, potatoes and starches and grains and pastas are going to be highly inflammatory to the body.
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Ed says, I think it's important to say that Shane, now that he's admitted, he is not a hundred percent raw vegan and that's totally fine as I'm not either. I'd be interested to know what he eats now, which we kind of talked about. Uh, but do you eat cooked food too often now or no? And I'm wondering like, what is your definition of a fully raw vegan? Like, is there a percentage of, you know, 85%, 90%, 95%? Like, what is it? I don't even know. I teach in my raw vegan success path video course, which is my kind of my, it's my life's philosophy in a video course about how to go from raw vegan. So the video course is called the success path video course, raw vegan success path video course, how to go from a non-vegan to a raw vegan hero. And in that video course, it's 37 videos. It's part of my membership, which you get an instant access to if you join. I talk about the raw vegan hero stage where we are fully actualized in our service purpose and celebration of life. That's 80% or more living foods. Mm -hmm. If we want to be 100% raw, we can utilize 100% for mindset strategy, for healing, for reversing illnesses, what we can utilize 100% raw diet. But a raw vegan hero, as I see it and define it, is 80% or more living foods. So that other 20% can be, you know, um, different things, you know, maybe some of the superfoods we focus on, like nutritional yeast, for instance, is not raw. Bragg's Mm -hmm. liquid aminos is not raw. Coconut aminos, there's things that maybe aren't raw. Maybe we have a cooked potato once Mm -hmm. a week or something like that, which helps us stay raw, helps us keep that balance of not being dogmatic. Because being dogmatic is probably the biggest risk to a raw vegan hero, somebody who's truly in their leadership with their diet and self-mastery. If we're 100% raw and uh, dogmatic about it and fruitarian and low fat and all these things we get stuck in 80, 10, 10, thinking that we have to be a perfect low fat raw vegan Mm -hmm. and only eat fruit and thrive Mm -hmm. on only fruit. What is that going to do? Every single dogmatic raw vegan swings, fails, falls off, swings back to carnivore or something like this. Mm -hmm. So really... A raw vegan hero is, is in self-mastery and self-mastery could include using cooked foods to understand our choices better. And that's what I do. I don't eat a lot of cooked food. And when I do have cooked food, I might, I, I choose it intentionally. And it oftentimes just reveals that I want to eat raw anyway, because I feel my best. And I'm probably less than... I don't know exactly what my percentage of cooked food is. I mean, I'm probably 90%, 95% raw mm-hmm. most of the time. I've, you know, I talked about it in a video, the foods that I tend to go for as just uh, like not being dogmatic are potato, rice, and maybe roasted or, you know, some sort of like roasted nut or seed. Mm-hmm. My weakness is pumpkin seeds, like a, like they're ones at the grocery store that I go to here in Austin at Central Market that are very slightly roasted. They're not even very much roasted with tamari on them. And boy, I do like those, but I don't have them very often because mm-hmm. it's denatured food and there's, you know, inflammatory agents and in the oxidized fats and oil. So I really just try to avoid it, but I will let myself have it just mm-hmm. so I'm not dogmatic mm-hmm. about it. And I feel like more people can relate to that because I feel like most people aren't hundred percent, you know? Yeah. So let's not be dogmatic and let's be focused on self-mastery and a raw vegan hero, the highest level, as I define it in your pursuit of an optimal diet for health, longevity, 
anti-aging and just feeling your best is 80% or more living food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. So Adriana says, um, Adriana von de Wettering, I hope I'm not pronouncing it wrong, but she says, I'm doing a juice fast right now. I'm on day 10 drinking 4.5 liters of juices. That's over a gallon a day, orange, carrot, apple, lemon, uh, ginger blast, etc. I start feeling cramps in my fingers, feet, and jaw. I take three times a week, a bath with death salt, uh, for magnesium. What is happening and what can I do to stop feeling cramps cramps in every part of my body used to be a major problem in the past to the point I wasn't able to walk or hold a cup of tea for a year. I cured this by skipping all the sugar and most of the carbohydrates out of my diet. When I switched from the keto diet to whole foods plant-based because I didn't want to eat any animal products anymore, my health and well-being stayed. But now on this juice feast, I feel some cramps coming back. Any experience or advice on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, we've got to climb out the hole we've climbed in. Mm-hmm. If we are dealing with health issues like cramping that has been de- debilitating and you've tried to heal it with keto and other styles of diet, this is a serious acidosis issue. And so we're not going to be able to just eliminate that depth of and, and level of acidosis after 10, 20, 30 days on a juice fast. Mm-hmm. A juice fast will not heal us. A juice fast starts the healing process by eliminating the waste out of the GI tract that inhibits proper elimination. But we can't juice fast for long enough to reverse real acidosis symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's why my seborrheic dermatitis took two years to reverse. That's an acidosis symptom. Two years. I would have loved for it to be gone after my 40-day juice fast where I got out mucoid plaque. That's not even remotely what happened. Getting out mucoid plaque and removing the biofilm and the waste from the GI tract now allows me to utilize a raw vegan diet properly Mm long-term to actually accomplish the full detoxification process. Mm -hmm. So cramping in the joints Um, is going to be a part of detox. We're going to feel the weakness. Juice fasting will reveal where our weakness is and then get the waste out of the GI tract, come back to solid food, stay raw and allow Mm -hmm. the detoxification process to happen. After a couple of years, your your joints will clear up and who knows how long it'll take. Maybe one year, hopefully it takes less. Focus on detoxification, um, continue juicing, stay raw. You know, this is where a hundred percent raw diet can speed up the process. A raw vegan hero is 80% or more living foods in my definition, but we can utilize hundred percent raw for periods of time to accomplish specific goals. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. keep going is my advice and not understand and don't misunderstand what a juice fast is for. Juice fasting is not for the full removal of acids out of the body. It's for mm-hmm. removing the waste out mm-hmm. of the body that then allows the lymphatic system to remove the acids over time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well said. Um, okay. So Prophetia Portia Vaughn, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, asks during your journey, what did you, what do you recall were the positive and negative experiences that were drawn to you from our universe that has shaped you today? And do you recall what exactly attracted you towards becoming a raw vegan? <laughs> That's a great question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the juicy nitty gritty dirt is that I'm still dealing with the emotional transformation of choosing to be a raw vegan right now. And I'll tell you why 
Because when I decided to go raw vegan, it was an act of total self-love and self-alignment. When we align in a deep level like that, things that are not in alignment will fall away. One of the things that fell away for me was my marriage to my one of my best friends, Sasha, who I'm, I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life, but our marriage was not going to be part of that equation. It hurt her feelings that I went raw vegan. It created conflict. She took it personally. I was doing what I needed to do to align with my highest self and my highest purpose. And look, I'm obviously on path and on purpose in my life doing my legacy work, but it hurt her feelings. And it was the beginning of the end. We stayed married for an additional four years after that, mm-hmm. that time, but our marriage did end. Now I'm still dealing with the grief and the loss of my 14 year marriage still to this day. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I'm still actually in a process of actualizing my highest potential outside of that uh, marriage container. I just moved out of the house with my wife and kids just two and a half months ago, which I was telling Jillian before we started this recording. And I'm going through a little bit of a grief tunnel. Well, maybe a lot of a grief tunnel that I started four and a half years ago when I decided to go raw and the grief tunnel I'm in right now is still that breaking through to higher levels of my own actualization. So is this an easy thing? No, but what called me to a raw vegan diet was full self-mastery and full self-actualization and harmony and alignment with my highest potential. And here I am and it's not that I'm going to be just all la-di-da feeling spiritual. No, it's that I'm going to be facing the darkest parts of my soul, facing the dark night of my soul, facing my worst fears, facing grief on levels that is inconceivably painful. Mm-hmm. And that is what a raw vegan diet leads us to. It's the pain and the grief so we can transmute it and move through our trauma patterns and move through our fears. That's what a raw food diet is for. We're not going to get that any other way. And I'm wondering, so when you're going through a hard time, are you ever tempted to have like a glass of wine or beer or smoke, like whatever used to be your vice or whatever? Like, are you ever tempted? Do you ever get these thoughts to just like, if the pain gets deep raw, cause you have to face everything to go back to something or no? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would love, I used to smoke tobacco for 24 years. Oh, um, I yeah. always think about how I'd love to smoke tobacco. I won't do that one. I'm not going to do tobacco. Mm-hmm. I will have a little bit of alcohol though here and there. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in, more into self mastery. So mm-hmm. mastery does not mean dogmatic abstinence. Dogmatic abstinence is an exertion of willpower. Willpower is temporary and you will not be in mastery if you're using willpower. It's vision. Vision creates mastery. If your vision is that you are 80% or more living food, that you're a raw vegan hero, that you're a hero of your own life, that you're in control of your choices, that you don't have addictions, that you've moved through your trauma patterns, then you're, you're going to have to be able to handle a, you know, a bit of cooked food or a bit of alcohol and not go into trauma patterns. So it's mm-hmm. actually a good exercise to utilize it, not be so hard on ourselves, not be so dogmatic about things. So for instance, in my grief process that I'm describing right now, I have had a little bit of alcohol, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. And so yeah. it's like, okay, okay. I got to get back to like weeks of, of that clarity, get away from that. It takes me weeks to recover. Like if I have a night of, you know, having a shot or a beer or something, I Mm -hmm. literally feel it for so many days afterwards. It's terrible. So I, why would I want that? That's self mastery. It's like, okay, allow yourself to have it, feel it, 
move through it, you know, and create the results you really want. And that's not from abstinence. That's not from willpower. That's from vision. It's who do I want to be and who am I enrolled in being? Who am I committed to being? Am I responsible for being this person? What contribution am I committed to creating in the world? How can I be my most authentic self? How can I create authentic connection with audiences, my family, authentic connection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be enrolled in who I'm becoming? That's how I think. And that's what um, I exercise. And abstinence and dogmatic behavior doesn't fit into that. Mm-hmm. And do you ever have coffee or no? Coffee for me is like alcohol. It's one of those things that I just, of course, everybody loves coffee, right? I mean, yeah. most people do. Right? I miss coffee sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I will allow myself to have little bits, but I don't like it and it can throw me off and make me feel um, out of center and out mm-hmm. of alignment. So I generally just like the way I feel when I'm not on central nervous system stimulants like Mm -hmm. alcohol or coffee. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but a little bit here and there just to like know where our boundaries is, is okay. And -hmm. I think if we make ourselves wrong for having little bits of things, we are human Mm -hmm. and we're in this process of becoming. So we can't make ourselves wrong for having cooked food or having alcohol or having coffee. If we make ourselves wrong, then what happens? Then we are failures in our own eyes. And being a failure in your own eye is not self-mastery and it's not high self-esteem. So it's better to just say, hey, I'm processing, I'm moving through this, I'm going to have coffee and hey, I'm going to love myself mm-hmm. regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had a coffee on Easter. I haven't had like anything like that in like 18 months or anything. <laughs> I was like, so buzzing, like stimulants are crazy to me. I was like ready to buy all these NFTs. I was just like, all, and then like, (laughs) I come down, I'm up till like 5am. I don't sleep. So I feel like sometimes too, like you let yourself have those things. And then it makes you realize too, how good you feel like when you're raw. Cause sometimes I feel like when I'm raw for so long, I feel so good that you literally forget how good you feel. And you're like, Oh, I kind of miss these things. And then you have something you're like, I just want to go back to how I felt raw now. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah. Extended periods of time on raw food will feel so good. You forget how good you feel. And then you try something that takes you out of that. And you're like, oh, I need to get back. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly my experience as well. And I'm wondering, so when was the last time you ever had meat or eggs? Um, And what do you have to say to some of the people who say that you sneak these things? (laughs) I see some people say you're sneaking these things, Shane. I can't. It literally makes me laugh when people say you look so good, Shane, because you're sneaking meat and eggs and not telling, not being honest to your audience. It literally makes me laugh because I know you're not. Or are you? Here's your chance to tell the truth. Okay. People call me a fraud all the time. I literally get that. People say you're lying. You're a fraud. You're not being honest. Um, (laughs) It makes me laugh. Look, I'm committed to being strong, to feeling amazing. I I lift weights. I exercise every day. I eat, you know, nutrient dense foods. I focus on making this successful. It's mind over matter. Mm-hmm. So the last time I had any animal products was five years ago, which I talk about where mm-hmm. I was, I was vegan for many years, like 12 years, 13 years. I was strict vegan. And then I went back to animal products for a period of time in my life because I was at a low point. Mm-hmm. I was bandwidth full. I was discouraged. I lost a lot in my life at that time. I was in my early thirties and I just said, screw it. I don't have the bandwidth to be vegan anymore. And it was a low point. And you know what? I think 
animal products come at low points. Mm-hmm. They've come at low points for me in my life. And I think if we're eating animal products, we are in a low point. We are in a low vibrational state in our mindset, in our ability to think and act clearly and in alignment with our highest potential. I agree. Yeah. And so animal products and low points go hand in hand. And so then the low point got to be too much and intolerable. And I came back to a plant-based diet and decided to go fully raw at that point. So that was five years ago when I went, decided to go fully raw. And up until that point, I had my seborrheic dermatitis. I had my joint inflammation and joint pain and I was Mm -hmm. eating animal products. Mm -hmm. That was the last time. So I've detoxed out those animal products. Now I can't wait actually till I'm seven years raw because that's when all of the cells regenerate. Mm -hmm. So all my brain tissue, all my bone marrow, my bones and all the tissues in my body, all my organs will be built completely on raw food Mm -hmm. from in two more years I got till, and that's how I think like I want to be fully raw for seven years. So I have no remnants of any animal products in my cellular matrix at all. Mm-hmm. that's total freedom. And so I'm almost there and I probably will never have animal products again as long as I live. I say probably, let me reframe that. I will never have animal products again as long as I live. I'm 50, essentially I'm at midlife now. Mm-hmm. I've learned my lessons. I've, I know how to achieve a, a successful plant-based diet. There would be no reason for me to have animal products unless I'm in total loss, despair, and survival mode. And like I'm talking about, I'm, I'm in a grief tunnel right now after mm-hmm. my marriage and everything. Even in my lowest points, I would never consider animal products because that would take me down a, a path of despair and, and misery that I mm-hmm. am just not willing to go. I have achieved a certain level of self-mastery, a certain level of alchemy, um, being a, a modern mystic and wizard, so to speak, an alchemist in my life that I know better. I know how to do it without animal products. And I will never consume animal products again, because it's not a path that will serve my life or any life on planet earth. So that's how I think about it. And what is that? What am I, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a vision. I have a vision. Mm-hmm. I have a vision for who I am. And I'm enrolled in that vision. I also have a vision for humanity. I have a vision for the mm-hmm. other sentient beings we share this planet with. And I'm not going to compromise that vision. No way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Okay. Okay. So the next question, hold on, um, is, is it, Im- okay. Is it important to transition into raw? Would a fast for 10 to 20 days first be beneficial, like a master cleanser or juice cleanse? How about colonics or coffee enemas? Are those useful and recommended? I know somebody else asked too, what are your views on colonics? I think we should just eat a raw food diet because then we're going to be constantly cleaning the colon out. Enemas and colonics address the lower portion of the digestive system. But what about the rest of the digestive system? What about the small intestines? That's where SIBO happens. That's where bacterial overgrowth and digestive problems, leaky gut and bowel irritations happen, not in the colon anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't think colonics and enemas are, are the solution. We shouldn't focus on them. If you want to put effort into something, put it into staying 80% or more living food. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the real goal. And if you want mm-hmm. to accomplish that, you've got to start by cleaning out the gut, prepare the gut for a raw food diet. That's where a juice fast comes in, not a water fast, a juice fast, juice fast one time, as long as it takes to empty mm-hmm. the GI tract of all the waste until you stop going to the bathroom completely, no more about bowel movements. And then 
eat a raw vegan diet, 100%, 80%, whatever your goal is and need is at the time until you've um, gotten past the detox and you hit that plateau of feeling good consistently. For me, it was two years. That's going to be what you want to do. You don't need to focus on clonics or enemas if, if you do it that way that I just described. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good point. Okay. So the next question comes from Chris and Chris says, uh, Chris wants you to speak about trauma healing and other non-food related types of healing that you consider essential. Love this question. Love it. Yeah. Because food is a big part of our healing because we are in physical form here, but the original wounding, why we would go down the path of foods, diet and lifestyle choices that lead us to health problems starts emotionally. Like I was saying, we have a original wounding and animal products come in at low points. Junk food comes in at low points, alcohol and drug abuse and addiction come in at low points. So what we're doing mm-hmm. is we're trying to heal the original fragmentation. It's like an infinity eight on its side. The original fragmentation and wounding of our and splitting of our psyche happens in the wounding side. And then the healing side is where we have, let's say we get intimate with our wounding and with our problems. It's about intimacy. It's about Mm -hmm. self-care. If we crest from the wounding side of the infinity over into the healing side of the infinity, we're getting intimate with ourselves, loving ourselves through diet and lifestyle. This is where intimate practices help us heal. Intimate practices that helps us heal. And that, that brings us back to deeper levels of our fragmentation and our wounding. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant flow like this back and forth until we reach higher and higher subtle frequency vibrations that are achieved through this cyclical nature, through visiting our wounding a healing, visiting our wounding and healing, right? Mm -hmm. So intimacy is what we're after. If we're talking about non-food healing, We're talking about intimacy with ourselves, with our problems, with our fears. Walk through the thresholds of fear. Face the fears. That's where the healing happens. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this can be through uh, um, shadow work. This can be through parts of self work. This can be through healing of uh, the the inner child work. Mm -hmm. This could even be through plant medicine, possibly for certain people. Although I do not personally partake in plant medicine type Mm -hmm. healing ceremonies. Some people, depending on their vibrational level and where they're at, could probably greatly benefit from plant medicine. All Mm -hmm. of this, though, is summed up in intimacy. We're getting intimate with our problems, intimate Mm -hmm. with our fragmentation, intimate with our traumas. That's how we do it. So there's not one modality. It's all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but intimacy is uncomfortable and we're all avoiding it. And that's why we turn to animal product and cook food diets and addictive type behaviors in the first place is because we're avoiding the intimacy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have another question from Adriana says, can you combine a juice feast with a day of water fast in between for your health to save some money and time consuming juicing? Some advice to eat a daily tablespoon of hemp or flaxseed during a juice feast for your gallbladder. Do you also recommend to do that? Is there a risk to damage your gallbladder if you don't add some fat for a long juice feast, say 90 days? Do you need some fat with your juice to absorb the fat soluble vitamins? I'm concerned about hair loss during a juice feast uh, while going the distance. It took me ages to get my hair long and thick enough to look nice. If it falls out, I have to cut it. Is this a true concern? 
Okay, those are great questions. First of all, we'll work back. If you're experiencing hair loss, there's a reason your body's toxic. It's got to do what it's got to do. Why not trust your body? Mm-hmm. Not? You're not going to automatically have hair loss because you do a juice fast. It's because your body's shedding from toxicity. Mm-hmm. It's being stirred up and you're releasing toxins out of the digestive system, being reabsorbed by the blood and you're t- toxic. That's not going to happen for everybody and not everybody experiences hair, hair loss. So I, I don't think we can worry about whether our hair is going to fall out. We've got to worry about detoxing our body. What mm-hmm. is the consequence if we don't detox our body? That's going to be far worse than temporary hair fall. We're going to have acidosis issues the rest mm-hmm. of our life that eventually lead to chronic illness and degenerative conditions and Alzheimer's. And, uh, and you're going to end up bald anyway from that. So mm-hmm. deal with it now is what I say. And yes, have hemp or flax oil during a, an extended juice fast to help with uh, fat soluble vitamins and also the gallbladder. For people who I coach on short juice fast, I'd say 30 to 40 days. I don't think it's necessary, but if mm-hmm. we're going 90 days, if, if somebody's really in it deep like that, yes, have flax seed or, or hemp seed oil mm-hmm. and probably not even that much, just mm-hmm. a couple tablespoons a week probably is enough. Um, again, we're just focused on detoxification because we're not focused on nutrition. We're not using juice fast for nutrition extended. We're using Mm -hmm. it to empty the GI tract. So the goal is to empty the GI tract as quickly as possible and then get back to a whole food, solid food, um, plant-based, raw plant-based diet. Um, And then the first part of that question was, what was the very first thing she asked? Um, The first part was, can you combine a juice feast with a day of water fast in between? I know a lot of people ask me that for saving money. I really wanted to address that. Abs- okay, the bottom line is absolutely not. There's no quicker way to fail on a juice fast than to stop having juice. True. Mm-hmm. A, a day of water fasting doesn't get you into ketosis. It doesn't get you into autophagy. There's no point, literally zero. If you're trying to save money, that's a bad call. That's a bad strategy. It would be better to just save up the money necessary to accomplish your juice fast properly empty that GI tract out, and then go back to just eating raw food. Mm-hmm. But trying to have water at, or combining water fasting and juice fasting always ends in failure. I highly recommend you do not do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the next question. So is 16 days on my juice fast journey and loving it. I already feel better and have less pain as far as arthritis and fibromyalgia. I, I can't pronounce that word. Fibro. Yeah. I, I slept for one hour last night, literally. So I'm not <laughs> oh. myself today. Anyway, I'm also at at least 15, 10 to 15 kilograms overweight. And I've heard other people say that they lost a lot, but I have only lost 1.5 kilograms until now, question mark. So I guess they're wondering why they're having a slower weight loss than typical for 16 days in. Okay. Here's the bottom line. We do not juice fast for weight loss. That is not the goal of juice fasting. It's not going to work for weight loss. No, we, we juice fast to eliminate waste out of the digestive system, which allows Mm -hmm. the body to detoxify over time naturally, which will then result in the weight loss. Mm-hmm. So juice fasting is not for weight loss because for one, you're consuming a lot of carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates. You're not giving your body a break from calories. We achieve weight loss from a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Juice fasting is not the time for a calorie deficit. 
Mm-hmm. Detoxification requires we fuel our body with high levels of calories. We want to overconsume calories, if anything, during a juice fast. Drink tons of juice. Drink four or 5,000 calories of juice in a day to fuel your body with excessive calories to help that detoxification process. Once you've accomplished the juice fasting goal to remove the waste out of the GI tract, now you can focus on eating a, a raw vegan diet, mm-hmm. and then you can count your calories and your macros to achieve weight loss. Mm-hmm. And okay. detoxification. Have you ever seen someone who's truly detoxed out who ex- has extra weight? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I don't have extra body fat because I've focused on cleansing and detoxification and raw foods. You will lose weight when you focused on waste loss. Don't focus mm-hmm. on weight loss. Focusing on weight loss is a crazy loop. You know, get off the scale and focus on detoxification. Focus on eating a whole raw vegan diet mm-hmm. and doing it consistently over time. Um, mastering calorie deficit is how you will lose body fat. Mm-hmm. And just keep in mind, 3,500 calories is one pound of body weight. You would have to be in a 3,500 calorie deficit per week to lose one pound in a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, So the maximum you would possibly lose even in an entire month if you were focused on calorie deficit would be four pounds of body fat, that would be maximum. Mm-hmm. So 16 days on a juice fast is not even remotely in the scale of possibility of fat loss, body fat loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the next question is what is the best workout to do to stay healthy without stressing the body? And how many times a week do you need to train? And if you do it, And if you can do it fasting and then eat within two hours of training, thanks. Training and fasting do not go hand in hand. Do not do them simultaneously. It's two conflicting modalities. Fasting Mm -hmm. is for detoxification. Um, Putting your body under strenuous exercise is for health and maintenance of body mass, maintenance of bone mass, density mass. So those are two completely opposing things. If someone wants to do a juice fast or focus on detoxification, have it be two separate phases. Focus on detoxification, lose your body mass, lose the muscle mass, clean out the GI tract, improve your absorption, and then switch to a focus on building your muscle mass, focus on exercise, completely different things. Everybody always wants to do it all in in one, but it's a one step at a time process. Mm -hmm. The best exercise for health is strenuous exercise. Yes, you want to strain your body. You want to put your body under stress. You want to put your body under duress. You want to break a sweat. You want to feel like you're, you know, under um, extreme load. And that is what's going to create the most health in the body. So thinking Mm -hmm. that we get out easy is not going to make it easy. People Mm -hmm. who invest the hard work get the easy life. People who Mm -hmm. don't put in the hard work and go for the easy life have a hard life. Mm-hmm. So you want to make your life easier, work out hard in the gym mm-hmm. and the five exercises that are good for all men and women. The only exercises that we should be doing really, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the five compound movements. You can look it up online, five compound movements, only five exercises. Okay. That's what we all need for bone density, for muscle mass, for mindset, for mm-hmm. cardiovascular health. We don't need to run. We don't need to treadmill. We don't need to jog for cardiovascular health. Honestly, five compound movements is all we need. Okay. And that's what you do, I guess. Oh yeah. 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 And 
I've mastered the five compound movements. I focus on the five compound movements almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. And it's why I have the muscle mass that I have is because I focus on the five compound movements. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the next question says, can you share with us at least two major medical slash scientific statements that industry marketers have or are making that are misconceptions of point of view health for use of animals in our diets and products that your life as a raw vegan has debunked? Oh, great question. I love that. Well, the first one that comes to mind is protein. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you look up the recommended intake of protein uh, for fitness, for instance, you're going to see they recommend um, about a a pound, um, excuse me, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. which, you know, for me as a 190 pound man would mean I would consume 190 grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That is false. That is a terrible narrative. I have debunked that through my experience and my lifestyle over and over again. Not only do I have good muscle mass as a raw mm-hmm. vegan, but I do it on about 15% of my calories from protein, maybe even less, 12%, 10% even sometimes of my calories from protein that maybe would be 70 grams of protein a day, or sometimes even less. Mm-hmm. All food have protein. We do not fo- want to focus on animal proteins. Those are complex proteins. They are denatured proteins. They are acid forming proteins. And this is the animal industry um, promoting these false medical narratives for the consumption of animal products. It's marketing. It's a mm-hmm. scam. It's debunked. It's not real. Don't listen to that BS. I wouldn't even listen to anything on Google. It's all uh, marketing. It's all ads from pharmaceutical companies. All the science is funded. It's all based on who wants to enroll you in their vision and sell their product. That's what science is. All the science is funded. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. that's one of the protein myth is like extremely prominent. I get I, it. I'm yeah. Sure I can think of others too. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Um, okay. So when I saw your arms there, I have a question. I'm wondering what was the inspiration behind your tattoos? Oh, thanks. You want to see my tattoos? Yeah. That's my tattoo. That's cool. On the outside, not on the inside. Wow. Um, this tattoo comes from the uh, Philippine, traditional Filipino hill tribe designs that they do. And it's like the belly of the snake. So these are the scales, oh. right? And then that's like the belly ribs, right? So they do these style designs in the hills of the Philippines. And if you go there, you can have them done traditionally. These were just done by a tattoo artist that I found who was willing to do these for me. I designed these. This is, this is kind of like an adaptation on the original design. Mm-hmm. But I knew I know someone here in Austin who I've hung out with a couple of times who went to the Philippines and had the traditional ones. It looks just like this, except wow. they do it with uh, lemon thorn and whatever inks they're using and mm-hmm. it's all hand done and it has a different look and it's super cool. That's cool. But it's tribal and I just, I, I liked the design of it, to be honest. Yeah. And it looks cool. It suits you. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. I don't have mm-hmm. any other tattoos. Wow. I'm not a tattoo person. I'm not particularly into tattoos. I had a, a time in my life where I was inspired to get these and they're the only ones I have. And I'm glad mm-hmm. they turned out pretty good. So I don't regret yeah, them. <laughs> they did. They did a good job for sure. Okay. So the next question is, 
Uh, Raluca Simple Living asks, I am planning to start a water fast very soon. Would love some advice and inspiration. Well, okay. I would just suggest we have why you would want to examine closely what the goal of a water fast is. If autophagy and ketosis is your goal, then yeah, water fast would be great. I personally don't have as much experience water fasting as I do with juice fasting. Mm-hmm. And I've done two week long water fasts, just enough to get into ketosis and feel the full scope of autophagy and ketosis in effect. And it is hard. I will tell you that. Um, I like the way my body feels when it's burning glucose instead of fat. I will tell you that the body burning fat is hard. I I don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of inspiration on that to offer. I don't think actually, to be honest, because my experiences with water fasting were very challenging. I will say though, however, I do have memories of being on water fasting, feeling really flooded with like spiritual feelings. Like there is a a benefit to fasting where we just kind of go somewhere else. Our consciousness does expand and we can feel connected to God and the universe Mm -hmm. and feel like angels and guides around us and tune into those kind of more interdimensional or Mm -hmm. extra dimensional parts of reality. And water fasting certainly gets us there. And that's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So the next question is from Chris and he says thoughts on semen retention. Oh, semen retention. Yeah. I think it's good for men. I think men overdo it though, or get overly fixated on it and think that it's like the end all be all of masculinity or retaining the masculine polarity through retaining the seed. I personally don't think it should be overutilized. I think semen retention for periods of time can build life force. It can give focus and drive to our creative potential as men. I think the results speak for themselves. Do we want, what results are we after and what results do we have? That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. If we want to build a business, you know, for instance, and we want to make a lot of money, well, let's do what it takes to create that result. If that includes semen retention, then let's utilize it for that result. But just using semen retention for the sake of it doesn't make any sense either, right? Because there's science to support both views that uh, the release of semen can be beneficial and the retention of semen can be beneficial. So it comes down to results. And I think a lot of it is results-based in our life. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the results we want out of our life, as a man, that would be you know alpha masculine qualities, leadership qualities, success, financial success, relationship success. Mm-hmm. If we don't have those results, we might want to examine what we can do to achieve those results. And there's going mm-hmm. to be multiple facets to that. One of them might be including uh, semen retention. I practiced it myself. I think most men probably have experimented or practiced at some point. I know I know a lot of people who are into Tantra too and use um, Tantra and meditation to bring the life force up and all of that. And I'm not extremely experienced in Tantra, but it does have its place as well and can be extremely powerful. And it's that's really cool. about self-mastery. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're after is self-mastery mm-hmm. and not being dogmatic about it. So I'm, I don't believe being dogmatic is ever a good thing. And, and people get dogmatic about 
all the facets of healing modalities, raw food, Mm -hmm. fasting, semen retention, urine therapy, fruitarian diets. We get dogmatic and that's where we want to avoid and be in a balanced fluid state of mobility where we can dance with the universe and co-create effectively and see the results in our life in action. And that's when we know we're doing it correctly, when we Mm -hmm. are the alpha masculine. Mm-hmm. And actually just a note on alpha masculine, we think of an alpha masculine energy being someone who's loud, boisterous, aggressive, m- muscular, big, you know, these types of things. That's not what alpha masculine is at, at all. Mm-hmm. Testosterone, high levels of tos- testosterone actually keep us grounded, keep us calm, mm-hmm. keep us collected and clear headed and allow us to see what's needed, accomplish it effectively be quiet, be it behind the scenes. Leadership happens behind the scenes. A leader will come in and make sure everything's working, systems are working, people are taken care of and not need to be recognized for it. Just make sure Mm -hmm. it's happening. That's alpha masculine energy. It's the opposite of what our society thinks. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make a note on that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And the high carb regenerator channel has a question for you. So he says, why no white rice? Technically it is a fruit. Yes. Yes. Um, I think I, starch, I've never like rice is technically a fruit. Wait, right. Well, uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if rice <laughs> know. is technically a fruit. I maybe yeah. it's a seed. Is it a seed? I don't know. Oh, somebody replied and said, I believe it's called blooming the rice. I've done it with organic wild rice and it's delicious. Uh, yeah. I've never, I've never tried that with rice. There's the forbidden rice, which can be bloomed raw, but I don't think Blooming rice works with any variety of rice. I think it has to be the forbidden rice specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can have rice raw. Sure. And just like oats, you can have raw oats and there's ways to have starches raw. Mm-hmm. But the downside of starches is for when they spike the blood sugar, they're slow digesting, they're addictive, they're endless. Like you can eat tons of starches and never feel full. There's no nutrient density in rice. It's just not a, a good food choice. It's much better to eat a salad than it would be to eat rice or fruit. Simple carbohydrates instead of complex carbohydrates. And if we're focused on optimal gut microbiome health, starches don't really play a part in that. Humans are really addicted to starches. We will justify starch till you know till the death. Um, there's science that says that starches are good for hormones, that starches are good for mental health, that starches are good for this. And, you know, I just personally, in my experience, don't think starches are an optimal food source or choice for humans. Yeah. For me, from my experience, for me too, the same thing. Um, okay. I have one last question for you. It's a question of mine. I'm wondering, do you have any advice for somebody who is struggling to be raw or stay raw because their family is not? Um. Yeah. Well, thanks for this question. I think it's important to address if our family is not supportive and we're feeling alone and isolated in our journey, what is it that we're really after? We're after leadership. We're after our own personal leadership here because it doesn't matter what somebody else's life is or projection on our life. What matters is who we are Mm -hmm. and who we're enrolled in becoming. So we have to be the leader in our life. And maybe mm-hmm. that means that we have to compartmentalize what other people think of us or our choices. And it comes down to our vision. Who do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Who are we really enrolled in being? Mm-hmm. 
if a raw food diet is part of how we see ourselves at our highest level of expression, our highest spiritual growth and potential, then we're going to have to master that regardless of what mom or dad or grandma thinks. Mm-hmm. And then when we are in our level of leadership and self-mastery, we can come back and have so much generosity to offer our family members. It's only when we fill our own cup that we have any overflow to give anyway. If we're always trying to please other people, we will never have anything for ourselves. We will be endlessly dried up and an empty cup. So -hmm. the goal of life is to fill our own supply, fill our own cup, and then use the overflow of our self-love and our intimacy with our healing Mm -hmm. to then give to others. The intimacy will fill us up and the Mm -hmm. overflow is what we give. We don't give from our own supply or we'll become depleted and burnt out. Mm -hmm. Give from our overflow. Like uh, Jillian and I were talking about earlier about being burned out. The Mm -hmm. way we avoid being burned out is giving from overflow. And we have to learn how to create overflow in our life. And that's actually an intimacy issue. So again, the cycle of of visiting our original traumas and wounding patterns and then into the intimacy of our healing. And it goes back and forth like this. That creates the overflow. That creates levels of self-mastery that then can inspire everyone, including our family. Mm-hmm. So we can't please others. You know, people pleasers in general are people with low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. If you are a people pleaser, you have low self-esteem. And mm-hmm. this is because you've been abandoned or abused. And at some point in your life and you've your heart has been broken, you've been fragmented, you've lost your innocence and you're in despair and you've judged yourself and you've blamed yourself and you have denied and abandoned yourself. And then that manifests as trying to please others. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we've got to pull it back in. Self-love, intimacy with our problems. That's how mm-hmm, we do it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay. Well, this has been so great. Thanks so much, Shane. And uh, before we end off, please let everyone know where they can find you if they if they don't already know. And I'll link it below as well. Thanks, Jillian. This was yeah. a good conversation. These were some good questions and a really great opportunity to speak into some of the minutiae of the fears and uh, the process of eating raw food and the supposed dangers and all of this out there. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I am Raw Vegan Rising on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Those are my preferred uh, platforms for content creation these days. My TikTok videos are off the charts. Just so you guys know, I'm getting millions of views on my TikTok videos and lots of hate comments and lots of (laughs) conversations happening. So if you're interested, go check out my TikTok, Raw Vegan Rising. Also, my membership, Raw Vegan Heroes, is about 650 members right now, growing fast. These are people who want to learn about how raw food will make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And by joining my membership, you get my juice fasting protocol. You get my success path video course. You get 100 hours of replay Q&As, live streams that I do in the group. I'm there supporting people with their detox in the group. I have three assistant coaches in the group. It's a thriving community. And I recommend people just come in and be a fly on the wall and learn. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being raw. Mm -hmm. It's just about learning and seeing Mm -hmm. the potential of how raw food and juice fasting can transform your life. My membership is on my website, Mm rawveganrising.com under the membership tab and you can learn about it and see how incredibly affordable it is. And it's like my service to people. So rawveganrising.com, that's where you'll find me. Amazing. And I'll link all that down below. And again, thanks so much, Shane. I mean, you've said so many amazing, wonderful things in this video today, and I really appreciate you. 
And I know my viewers and my subscribers really appreciate you as well. And I know they were really looking forward to this. So I do hope you guys enjoyed this and um, I will see you guys in the next video. Bye. That was good. Oh, Jillian.